This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here with my buddy Scott McMurrin, live in studio. How you doing, Scott? Good. Doing great, Jeff. Great to see you in real life. Here we are back in, uh, in Anchorage. Um, we did the last one. We did a, we did a Zoom deal, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, no, I just saw you recently post a video. <laughs> you're going to lead with that. I got to lead with that. You, you went to... Okay. You, you, yeah. Went, yeah, you went to Barrow, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you got in the water. Oh, did I get in the water? Did I ever get in the water? It, it was it was a, it was a great video, and it's gone now. Why is it gone? I mean, I thought it was an amazing video, but why is it gone? Well, let me tell you a little backstory, okay? <clears throat> so my wife and I went with our friends at Northern Alaska Tour Company up, uh, drove the Hall Road in one of their vans, and they bill it as a chance for you to dip your toe in the Arctic Ocean. Which is like so, a bucket list for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So we get up there. It was, it was great. We saw 400 caribou, a bunch of muskox. It was a fabulous trip. <clears throat> Plus, their van, their tires, their windshield. Okay, don't have to worry about that. That's the so, thing people worry about is getting the, the car so, fucked up. Right. So we go in there, and, you know, we, we walked in there mid-calf. We figured that's good enough, right? To get the selfie. Peace out, homie. And, 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 and so I ended up talking with Matt and one of the co-owners and told him that we went into our mid He said, he said, that's a bunch of crap. You got, I said, what are you saying? You, 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 I got to do full immersion. He said, you got to do full immersion. If you're going to go in, you got to go in. So, so, well. The, the, you know, the Russians do that. They jump in the cold water after the banya. Dude, I am not a Russian. Okay? I've, I've been in Russia before when you're in like wintertime in the banya and they literally jump in the snow or jump in the freezing cold lake. Yeah, I've if done you don't, that. If you don't do it, then they like, they, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're kind of like, they'll, they'll laugh at you. Right. They'll mock you. Right, right. Oh, so well, again, this is this what Matt was. Cold water, this is what Matt baby. So he was laughing at me. He pulled that certificate and said, no, you got to go in. I said, so Matt, okay, next time I'm on the North Slope and you're there, I will do it. And so lo and behold, I had this assignment to go up and check out these Cessna 208s. And it was, a, it was Barrow the hard way. So I went from Fairbanks to Arctic Village to Kaktovik to Dead Horse to Nooksit and then to Ukiah. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. It was, it was the full metal jacket. You know, Jesus. And uh, so there was Matt, like, oh, great. The day starts out cold and rainy. It's like, okay, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm in it to win it now. I give up. It was pretty cloudy. It looked like it was it, chilly. It was, but but then it blew off because there was a nice 25 knot wind. It was about 35 degrees. The water. <laughs> well, the air. Oh, so the water is probably not too the far air, off. The, yeah, so we had to crawl out there on the ice to find an open lead. So if the folks, if you didn't see the video and I saw it, I should have saved it. 
You get in, you're wearing these like shorts and you're getting, I'm wearing my swimsuit. You're getting out and you're just asses just out <laughs> like full moon exposure. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just trying to stand up. And I know? said, what a legend this guy is. And then the fucking thing, why is it gone? Well, you know, because my wife said, what are you doing? What are you thinking? It's like, okay, honey, marriage is about compromise. Okay. So I'm 36, never married. So I, I okay. couldn't, a lot so, of my friends are married. So I can yeah. so, appreciate that. So happy wife. Happy can life. I, can I get, can you get me the video? Can I have the video? Uh, I'll show it to you. Can I, can I post it on landmine YouTube? No, my God. No, Say, I, at, I, I, you know, it's the, the end of my married life. Look no. at travel guru, Scott McMurrin. Yeah. Uh, okay. So last time we talked a little bit about the one world <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I had to, I had to lead with that. I had to lead with that. Yeah. Cause, okay. Cause it was, I went back, I went and to my, go, I went but, to go look at it again. I said, where's, where's this video? Yeah, no, I, as my wife said, everybody who needed to see that saw it. It was up for a week. I saw yeah. it. It was good. It yeah. was funny. Yeah. It was, I thought it was great too. I mean, I didn't have any problem. Not only was the midnight sun arising, but there was a full moon. Out. That's right. That's it. <laughs> Ukiavik was great. It, it was great. There are a lot of um, migrating birds out there and geese and stuff like that. It was an incredible experience. So, so last time we uh, talked about the One World uh, Alliance, Alaska yeah. joining that, some other mm -hmm. deals. I want to go into later some some more deals. By the way, I just took you. I took you up on. I just bought this ticket. Yeah. I'm trying to get get the MVP gold again in Alaska. Yeah, October 11th. I thought you were joking. You you always I always think you're joking. You're never joking. October 11th. Um, I'm flying to New York City, JFK. I'll be there for like three days. I come back. Two ninety nine round trip. Yeah. What is that about? That's Anchorage, Seattle, Seattle, JFK. That's that's seven thousand miles flowing. Plus, if you're MVP Gold, you get the accelerator. That's like ten thousand miles in one trip. Yeah, for three hundred bucks. It's the it's the fastest way to. That's I mean that's the fastest way to MVP Gold. Didn't you say you had some friends, some kind of a little little bit off person who just would just fly land, come back. I have this friend, in fact, he wrote a little story for me. He went on the Alaska Railroad, did a story in the Alaska Travelgram. You can check it out. Um, he went to JFK six weekends in a row. Jeez. And he just, he loves to fly, and it shows. You know, was he I mean, in first class, at least? He, was, he got upgraded all the way, yeah. So I want to ask you um, about some of these deals. But so I'm going, my parents live but in New Before I forget. Okay, go. You know, we're talking about, you're talking about, you found a deal in October. Yeah. October 11th, yeah. which you, which you turned me on to. Yeah. Um, the tickets are and pretty you, cheap in October right? to, to JFK. Right. And, and to Newark and all the other. Yeah. And you were saying that you couldn't find it on Alaska on other dates. Um, I didn't look, I think September looked like it was pretty, August looked like it was pretty expensive. Here's tomorrow. You could leave tomorrow for $126 one way on American Anchorage JFK. Excellent. Wait, connection. wait, wait. Is it nonstop? No. No, no. That's one. So it stops where? It, this one, this particular itinerary goes via Chicago and DC. So it's two stops. Okay. So, wow. Well, so, so you probably go to Chicago or DC for pretty cheap right now, too, then. Uh, actually, it would be more. See, remember, I asked you about this before, yeah. and you, you have this thing about the algorithm and this and that, but, you know, sometimes to fly to, you know, LA through Seattle yeah. is the same price to fly to Seattle. Yeah. On the same airline. Yeah. And I know you said there's an algorithm or something and some predictor. What, like what, what, what is that about? I don't Do think people understand that. They really, nobody understands. No. That. And, and here's the thing you can, you can understand it. It's all, it's very market specific. 
Okay, and that's why it's cheap on Alaska Airlines to go to New York because American has been in there. Mm-hmm. And Alaska doesn't like that. Delta doesn't like that. But aren't Alaska United and American like on that. the one world now? How does that? They're on an international alliance and they're aligned through the one world, but domestically they're still competitors. That's what, that's what they used to have with Delta, right? Alaska, when they Correct. were hooked up with Delta before. Yeah. Which I love that because I, and I want to talk a, a bit about some tickets I just bought going to see my parents. Yeah. But I used to like the Delta Alaska friendship. A or relationship. lot of people liked it. Pretty much everybody liked it. So, so who, so if everybody liked it, who, who nixed it? Alaska and Delta. Was both of them like mutual or did one of them say, Hey, we're going to somebody initiate or was it a mutual split or did one of them have the, the, you know, well, you know, I wasn't there in the room where it happened. You, you always know what's going on though. I think you, you sort of somehow you always have these insights that nobody else has in the it, aviation it's, world. It's pretty easy to figure. Well, it's pretty easy to figure out if you know <clears throat> kind of who the players are. I mean, Delta moved into Seattle as for their international hub and Alaska. They, what, they, they used to be Minnesota, right? Uh, well, it used to be Atlanta. It still is Atlanta. They they ate Northwest, and they and Northwest is based in Minneapolis. But they also have the Minnesota. I mean, for Europe, I mean, they a lot of stuff. They jumps still haven't. They still. I mean, for a while, Detroit was a bigger hub. You know, than Minneapolis. So they've so they have those hubs, and and they needed an international hub. They tried it in Portland for a while, using Alaska for the feed, and it just didn't work. So they moved into Seattle said, this is, you know, we're planting our flag here. And Alaska just wasn't having it. So, so every airport's different. I mean, I think Alaska were run by the state. Other, others are like a port authority, right? Yeah. But, but big picture here, the airlines don't run the airports. The airports are run by the government, the city, or the state. Um, and then they charge fees. Do they make deals with individuals? Like, does Atlanta... Does Delta, do they have a really hot, hot relationship? Does Alaska and Seattle? I mean, I know, I know the the governments run run the airports, right? But the airlines pay the fees for the gates and for all the things. So so what what is what are those relationships like in these airports, whether it's you know, Anchorage or Seattle or, or Atlanta well, with, the, with know, these airlines? I mean, can, can the airline tell the airport, hey, don't let these fucking people in here? Uh, well, they say it. They say that. They, they can't, but they say it anyway. Can, can, I mean, are there regulations on, like, what if the airline says, hey, you're going to charge them this much if they want to come in, okay? And that's going to be prohibitive so we can keep our good, you know, relationship going on. It's not that blunt. So it's, but there, it's, it's, it's. There's all kind of ways. For example, I know that Delta wanted some of the gates on Sea Concourse. In Seattle. Here. Or here in. You're in Anchorage. And C is the Alaska lot, that is, right? You, that that's, is correct. That's the other ones but with N or what's the other ones? It's on the a, other? Is B. B, yeah. What's N? B, uh, N is in Seattle. Uh, that's the N gates. Oh, yeah. What, what, what's in the North North Terminal? What are those called? Are those? The North Terminal is the N gates. Oh, the North no, Terminal in, in, Anchorage. in Anchorage, they don't, you know, who cares? I'm like, I used to fly for Condor. I flew Condor out of yeah. there years ago. Yeah. So C is like, that's Alaska's lock here. Yeah. I mean, they ain't given the, so, so, so the airport people... They have a deal. They have a lease. They have a contract. Well, or? no, I mean, uh, they, they, I, from what I understand, it's all hearsay. I wasn't in the room where it happened. They made a request to use some of those sea gates because they weren't being f- fully utilized. Delta what? Delta did. Correct. Oh boy. And they and they didn't they didn't get it. 
You know what I hate? And this seems to happen with Juno. And, and by the way, there's also stuff like airport advertising, mm-hmm. you know, and... You know, you know, you know, it drives me crazy. It happens all the time with Juno flights, but you always end up in fucking C9, which whatever, it's a bit of a, you know, no, 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 big, no, no big deal, but Get it's just, your steps it's, in. I like C3 or C2, you C1. know, bam. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right there. Yeah, me too. So, so who decides uh, when you land where you go? That's already decided before. Is it the air? I the don't air? know. This is fascinating it, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's lots of, uh, you know, lots of uh, moving parts. So what I wanted to um, ask you about is now I wanted to go to my parents in New Mexico and yeah. Albuquerque and Alaska flies to Albuquerque. They started yeah, doing that a couple Seattle. years ago and I looked at the tickets thinking, Oh my God, it's this weird time. Everything's cheap. Fucking not cheap. Like the ticket each way was 400 and some, it was almost a thousand bucks to go to Albuquerque, which is a lot, you know, yeah. but, I, but I want to fly in Alaska because I, I have the MVP gold. Yeah. You get the status. It's kind of the air, airline you, you're comfortable with. I flew in Delta in the past, especially when I go to Europe or, yeah. or uh, Asia, KLM Air France, these, these airlines, I've flown other airlines, but I kind of like Alaska. So then I remembered I had some Delta miles that I never really used. And I checked, I got a ticket to Salt Lake with, with my half miles, half money for a hundred bucks on the 18th, right? Cheap. Then I got a ticket from, from another ticket on Delta from, from um, Salt Lake to Albuquerque for like a hundred and some 50 bucks. Then Alaska flies from Phoenix to Anchorage nonstop. 15,000 miles. That's a good deal. But then I had to buy a ticket from American from Albuquerque to Phoenix. I but, flew on Southwest for like 50 bucks. I don't think I saw, I looked on Expedia. I don't think I saw the, I didn't, the cheapest one was like 150 bucks I, I could find th- at that time. But the the thing is. Oh, before I forget, I think with Southwest, you have to look on the Southwest site. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe, yeah, they're kind of, they're, they're, they try to keep it in the family. Uh-huh. Yeah. I should have checked. I should, That's why. I should have checked Southwest. Um, it's too late now. But the point is, I like flying Alaska because yeah. I have the status. I want to no, clear the miles. Me but, too. But, but, but so what's the strategy for people that aren't flying a whole bunch but do fly? Because, I mean, ideally you have a status on Delta and American and Alaska, all these things, United. But really, I mean, what, what, what's your right? Pick one, and then if you have to fly some other, you know, airlines to get a better deal, do that. But then you're stuck in, like, the lowest category and you're in the back and you're in the middle, no, you, right? You end up buying your status, you know, per, per diem. I mean, you have to buy for, I mean, for example, I'm flying Delta next week. I'm a nothing on Delta. You know, I'm MVP gold on Alaska, but I'm a nothing on Delta. So I end up paying for comfort plus, you know, yeah, see, I pe- for, peasant for, plus. Yeah. For, for the, so for the Anchorage uh, Salt Lake flight, it was uh, whatever it was, a hundred. But then I paid, I think eighty extra for the comfort, which is yeah. like basically the premium class, right? Yes, extra room. Because I've gotten very used to that premium. I mean, because MVP Gold, I'm basically always in premium or, or first. Once in a while, if it's full or something, I'll be in. The, and you go back to the to the regular, the peasant class, as you, if you will. Yes. And God, it sucks. It does. It's really horrible. Shoot me now. I don't really. It's just like you're crammed in there, and yes. it's like not enough space, yes. and you know, it's just not not nearly as. I guess really the big solution here is just if you're fucking really wealthy, you can just always pay for the, the first class. That's what the really wealthy people do, or fly private. Now, now at some point, um, when when you're when you're buying a lot of these tickets on these other, I mean, how much how much money would it take for or travel would it take or money to get to get basically to have a 
a status on a lot of these air, airlines, so these big one, Delta, Alaska, United, American. Well, I mean, <clears throat> with American, you at least, you know, you, I mean, if you're MVP gold <clears throat> on Alaska, then you're a ruby with American, with the one world. So, for example, as an MVP gold, I get premium class in American free, and so so would you. Now, do you have to book the, it? Do you have to sign? Do you have to book it through Alaska, or do you go to American? And they, how do they know your MVP gold? They know. You just put in your Alaska Airlines number. Okay. And so, and you so you get peasant plus. <laughs> peasant, I like that. That's yeah, a, peasant plus. That's a good term. You know, um, when you're flying on American, even though you only get. 25% of your miles. So, how does it- so for, so let me, let me break it down for you. So you're flying from uh, Anchorage to JFK. Uh, it's 7,000 miles. You would uh, only get 1,750 miles on American. For, for the actual, like for the flight. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Because the cheap tickets on American you only get twenty five percent of uh, you only get twenty five percent elite qualifying miles. But for Alaska, you would still get the seven thousand. The, par- the partner, 100%. the partner qualifying. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you also get a bonus with uh, because you're an elite. So MVP gold, you get time and a half. You get double. MVP, now, now, you get time and a half. Now you pointed out that right now through September, Alaska's doing this accelerator for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I want to have you back on the, the show here because sure. I, I, I think I understand this now and I think a lot of people don't and I still maybe not fully understanding. When you fly a mile in Alaska, okay, you're just a regular person, no status. You fly, when you fly to, let's say, let's say LA from Anchorage, 2,500 miles, you get 2,500 miles in your account. Elite qualifying miles, we call it. Those are for flying. Those are for your, your you elite can use them. qualifying miles. That means it qualifies for your status for the following year. Okay. But I was asking about the actual miles in your account to, yes, to use get, to fly. You get that as well. Okay. So 2,500 to use to fly 2,500 towards your status. Okay. Now when you get to MVP, 20,000 miles, right? When you physically flew 20,000 miles, there's a bit of an accelerator on the next miles, right? You get a 50% bonus for the miles that you fly. So then you get 2,500 plus as an MVP, you get 1,250 bonus miles. Now these are the qualifying miles for your status or for your miles for your account to, to use to fly? Miles for your account. Okay, but you still just get the 2,500. Elite qualifying miles. Okay. What about MVP gold? Double. So you get 5,000 miles. In your, Correct. But you still only get the one the, for flying purposes for the qualifying, the miles for your status. That, that's always physical miles flown. Right? Elite qualifying miles are 2,500. Yes. Okay. So what happens um, between now and September? You said there's some accelerator going on. Yeah. So the accelerator, you get, uh, using the Anchorage LA 2,500 miles example, you would get 2,500 miles plus an additional 1,250 miles toward your MVP status. So you get elite qualifying miles bonus, but the 1250 bonus miles toward your status does not count towards awards. Okay. I see. So it's kind of the reverse. 
So, so in normal times, MVP gold, the, the bonus, the accelerator goes towards your awards, but not towards your, um, your, your status or your miles your elite status. qualifying miles. So they're just doing a weird thing right now. Is it like a deal yeah. or. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the race to get everybody to be MVP or MVP gold or MVP gold 75 K. Now, now I have, I've talked about hold, this before. Hold on. The reason is because that's a wall. It keeps people from going in this case to Delta because they say, well, I'm a nothing on Delta, at least with Alaska. I'm MVP gold. Yeah. That's a good point. And like I, I've said this before, I've hit MVP gold the first time and it's almost like a, in some way, I don't want to say a trap is a bad way, but it's like, I don't ever want to go back. Even if you fly a little bit, it's so nice. It's so good. That chocolate is, I enjoy the chocolate, but really the upgrades and the stat, you know, and, and the being able to change the flights and, and you call the MVP line and they answer right away. So it's almost like you have to force yourself to get you there again. You have to get back on that treadmill and fly, baby, fly. And it's always, it's, it's, it's always trying to find those, those deals. Now, speaking of that, let's go into some of these deals right now. You always, you always have a million of them. What, uh, what, what are, you just mentioned the one from New York, from here to New York, hundred bucks, 120 bucks tomorrow. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. What else, what else do we have? The, the, Cause summer, or, it looks like the prices have gone up quite, quite a, a bit on bit. some of these destinations. A little bit, unless you go to Fairbanks. Fairbanks is cheap from Seattle to Fairbanks tomorrow. $59. What, what airline? Alaska or Delta. Wow. Yeah, they matched it. So it's almost worth just flying down to Seattle, flying to Fair, getting some miles, getting some of those bonus qualifying miles, and then flying back to Anchorage or driving, driving back. Or So when Christy and I are going to Richmond uh, to see your brother um, next month, when I priced it from Anchorage, a million dollars. When I priced it from Fairbanks, five dollars. So, wow. so we're flying from Anchorage to Fairbanks on United. Ooh, who knew? Weird. I know, but guess how much? Like next month, thirty-nine dollars. Oh wow! No, no, I take that back. Thirty-nine dollars. It was thirty-nine dollars, and you pay thirty-five dollars to check your bag. Or that's like a Ryan. It sounds like Ryan Air in yeah. Europe. Or fifty nine dollars for first class and two free check bags. So you went the first class, right? Pick one. So. Yes. So we're flying fifty nine. We're flying from Anchorage on United because they're doing that for fifty nine dollars, and then we're flying from Fairbanks to Chicago nonstop on American. In Chicago to Richmond. How much was that? Like $130. How much was it from Anchorage? 300 at least. Man, that's so crazy. Crazy. So I call it the Fairbanks Connection. That's really, yeah. So if you're in Fairbanks right now, you're getting some deals. You're, you're in, Fairbanks, in Fairbanks, you're absolutely getting the hot deals. But from Anchorage, we've still got some great ones. You could leave tomorrow. Tomorrow. And today is July. Today is July fifth. Yes, for the folks you could listening. leave on the sixth, but if you listen to this on the seventh, you could leave on the eighth to Fort Myers, Florida, for a hundred and two dollars on Delta, one way. What? Yes. Through where? Where I think this one goes. Probably Seattle. Um, one stop in Atlanta. 
nonstop from here to Atlanta. There's a, there's I don't, there's an Anchorage Atlanta flight, dude. Wake when up! That, when you need that, to start that, reading your newsletter. I I'm reading it. I'm trying to read all of it. When did that that, 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 that I thought they haven't done that for a while. I know you're busy writing your own. I got two news. Yeah, did they yeah. did they re, just recently restart that? In May. Yeah. I know they have the Anchorage um, Houston or that's sorry, United. Da, Dallas Dallas right. That's American. Anchorage, Dallas is American, and they're flying a 787. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Same with Chicago. Anchorage, Chicago, 787. Now, I've checked these, and these are pretty expensive. These aren't cheap. These aren't that cheap. But the Anchorage the Anchorage Phoenix Alaska flight is pretty It's pretty much, right now, pretty cheap. 150 bucks. Yeah. Or 15,000 miles. What's that about? Well, at that rate, <clears throat> you'd be crazy to use your miles. You'd be way, way smarter yeah, yeah. to pay... And earn the miles mm-hmm. for those, you know, last minute expensive trips. I mean, it's almost right at this point worth just going Phoenix co- coming back the next day and get it getting, you know, all those bonus miles. Like you get, I you said, get... my friend who flew to JFK six six weekends in a row. Did he just turn around or did he hang yes. out for a day? No, turn right around. Well, he that's likes a, it. That's an odd that's guy. It's, 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 you know, he's got the miles. He loves the flying at shows. Now, didn't you say that, um, I've heard this from other people, but is Alaska coming back, coming back to uh, adding 100,000, 100, 100K? Yeah. yeah, they are. What's that going to be about? You can, Here's you, you, the can, deal. you can fly the fucking plane? Here's the deal. The holy grail for frequent flyer plans is the upgrade. So when they make that 100,000-mile level, they're the ones who are going to be getting the upgrades. If you're MVP, you're chopped liver. If you're MVP gold, welcome to your exit row aisle. If you're MVP 75K, I hope you enjoy that chocolate. Man, but okay. See, I'm MVP gold, and I, 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 it's pretty good. I mean, it's when I was MVP the first time, it didn't once in a while. Yeah. It seemed like. But MVP gold seems pretty. It is. It's nice. Pretty good. It is. So, so going back to the One World Alliance. Now, this is, we talked about this before the podcast. This is more of a international thing, but you sit with America and you do get that, that Ruby, I guess, for some, yeah. for MVP well, that's, gold. that's the one world status. You get Ruby. So you, so you get two free bags and you're in line for the upgrades. Okay. As an MVP gold 75 K, you're going to get more upgrades. Okay. As a gold, you might. So what does this one world, Alaska joining the one world do you know, Japan and Qatar, all these airlines, all the, there's like 15 of them. When you're flying abroad international on one of these airlines, do you get anything for being a status on Alaska? You, or might, not? you might get some, I mean, on American for sure. You get access to, <clears throat> to better seats. You get increased baggage allowance. You get access to lounges. Okay. And you can get early boarding. Access yeah. to lounges without, without paying for the lounge or? Yeah. I mean, and it depends. Some lounges you pay for, some you don't. Now, Alaska, my, my buddy, when I travel with my buddy Bryce, he has a lounge, and usually you can go for free. You can take a, somebody with you. Or if now they were doing a thing where if you had a card, it's 25 bucks instead of 50 bucks. Yeah. Man, that lounge is nice. I mean, whether Seattle or Anchorage or wherever it's at, those are really, really the drinks and the food and the relaxation. I mean, it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, 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 we, did the ma- we actually did the math on that. And you have to fly, I forget how many times, but to buy it outright, it's like, what, three or 400 bucks a year? Is that right? Yeah. You have, you have to fly a decent amount, but at some point it just becomes like a no-brainer. 
you know, but it, below that, I forget what it was. We did the math on it. If you figure, like, a, if you get a drink, and well, some food. Well, see, <clears throat> what I do is I've got the uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve card, which is expensive. It's, you know, 500 bucks a year for the credit card. Mm-hmm. But you get a $300 credit, travel credit, right off the bat. And you also get a Priority Pass card, which gets you into thousands of lounges all over the world, including the Alaska one here in Anchorage. Really? Yes, but not in Seattle. God, it's, it's like so, such a, everything's got a, it's always, always a catch, I'm right? I'm telling you. Nothing, there's, no, there's no free lunch. It's a, well, it's a moving target. When I, when I flew um, to Europe or to Russia last year and a half ago for New Year's 2020, I was in Heathrow. First time I ever flew through Heathrow and we flew on British Airways, which by the way, British Airways is amazing. But if you're in the back, we bought the cheap Expedia, the lowest. I mean, you're literally in the steerage, you know, four people in one row type thing. I was looking at the business and even the middle, like the premium. And God, it would, I should have just fucking done it because it was not, it was a long haul just from shoot Seattle me to now. London. You know, it was yeah. not enjoyable. Yeah. And, and especially when you're used to flying the premium or the yeah. first. Um, but I was in Heathrow and there was a lounge. And I, I, I don't even know if it was an air, it must've been an airline lounge or some kind of lounge, but I, I paid to go in and they had a shower and it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, I'm doing it. You know, it was so, cause you fly in these, you know, you're on this long haul and you want, you want to just, you know, yeah, kind of sweating and you want to, you want to just kind of take a shower. The person sitting next to you is happy too. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, uh, it was worth it. But, but some of these lounges, you walk past them and you're just like, holy shit, that's a, like these Emirates or some of these, yeah, yeah. you like, they open the doors open for a second. You get a glimpse. Have you ever seen the video of the guy? He's an English guy. He's like a travel blogger, blogger guy. He always goes around and he snuck into all these lounges. Do you ever see this video? He sneak he sneaks into all these lounges all over the these airports all over the world and he he was able to get into a lot of them just walked in you know whatever and and um man some of them were like pristine oh they're they're epic yeah what's the nicest one you've been in um you know it's interesting well the the nicest one I was in was in in Hong Kong the Cathay Pacific uh, lounge. oh yeah that's a good I've flown shower then the shower they had you had to pay for a massage, but they had, you know, basically 50 food stations, 50 drink stations, pour your own, serve yourself, and, you know, in nice cushy chairs and plenty of space in between you and the next person, not a problem. I, I almost wish we could go back, you know, you look at these old pictures of, of the, the golden era, the 50s yeah. and the 60s. I mean, it's like, you know, these big, seven, these nice fancy planes with, the, the full, like, it looked like a dinner meal. Everybody was, yeah. you know, that, that, when did that really kind of change? Like the deregulation, is that kind of the seventies, eighties? Did that? Well, deregulation was a, <clears throat> was a watershed event for sure. That was the airline deregulation. That was in the seventies, right? The 78. Yeah. And, and what did that do? That just basically, but that kind of opened up the gates for well, the. Well, they used to have the, um, um, they used to have, airlines used to have to publish their tariffs with the government. And they had built in, they bid on routes. They had a built-in profit, and all the prices were the same and stuff like that. And and, and so deregulation got rid of all that. Now, since that happened, we saw TWA, Northwest, all these air, big airlines, Pan American, right? They all kind of went away. So looking back, I mean, I, this is probably a much bigger topic, but was that a good idea or a bad idea, deregulation? Well... 
so for somebody who likes to travel, um, <clears throat> when I came up here in 1978, I went to the travel agency on the corner. There were a bunch of them. I ended up, I ended up working for most of them, but um, I asked him how much to get to how much to get to New York. And he he went over to the tariff. It was a big bound thing and started flipping pages. He said, "Well, let's see. We got Western and Eastern. We can combine that seven hundred and fifty dollars round trip." In seventy eight, nineteen seventy eight. So that's that's like double. No. Dude, it's like 10 times. Yeah, that's like way more. Yeah, with yeah so we looked at earlier, $126 leaving tomorrow to go to New York City. So so for airlines like TWA and Pan Am and Northwest, it's just, it's they just couldn't keep up. The, it was the market. It was management. It was all these different. Because some of these people, they're, they're, they lost their pensions, right? Some of these airline employees when these mm-hmm. airlines went under. So, so, I mean, I guess you can chalk it up to all kinds of things market forces and management, but um, it just seems like a lot of people just hate, it's, just, it's, it's become this thing where these airlines, wh- whether it's American air and not American, but like co- American companies or especially in Europe, it's like, it's like the nickel and dime. You know, they, they charge you for everything. And it's just, it just feels like you're in some kind of like, I don't know, just like really shitty bus. You are. And, and I think there's just this nostalgia about your flying. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, well, it's a, it's just keep in mind, it's amazing what money can buy. Okay. So, so if you think that you're in the back of a, of a, of a shitty bus, it's probably because you are. Okay. And you think back on it about the picture of travel that you were buying for $19. And you're thinking that it's going to be great when you get there. And it probably will be great when you get there. Mm-hmm. But the getting there is hard because, it's you're you're walking through a bazaar, you know, <laughs> and so so the bazaar starts when you're when you're buying it, and that's why you end up you know, um, old old guys who are big like me, like I'm more predisposed now to pay the extra to get into at least how, how tall are you? Peasant plus six five. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, and if I get in in, in back of a recliner. You know, somebody wants to put their seat back. I fucking hate that. I don't care if they put it back, but it's the ones who I jam, care. Who they jam it back? I care. And they're moving, and, and they're and, they're, and you they're, know they're going to get some excellent lumbar support. <laughs> My knees and their back, and it's like you know, it's just you end up you have to you have to pay for that now. Other thing I want to ask you about is these fucking masks. It seems like the last place where masks are mandated right now in this country is airlines with a few exceptions. Or buses or trains. Yeah. I've really you used know, public tra- transportation and airports. Right. So airports, and I haven't been using the, does that railroad require masks? They do. So Amtrak, all that. Yeah. Ma- okay. And so it seems like all these. And the bus. Transportation. Yeah. And public for, for, transportation. For, for a lot of folks flying, this, this seems like the most yeah. glaring, the airport and the, and the airline. Every, you go to the store, you go to the bar, whatever. It's like nobody's wearing masks. When is this going to end? I mean, do you, like, what, what are your thoughts about the masks and the airlines and the airports? And when do you think it's going to go back to no masks? Because I'm vax. I got the vaccine. I feel like I, you know, I got that. I, I did it. I did my part. Let me take the mask off. You did. Congratulations. And I got me really too. sick on the second one. I thought I was going to die. Yeah, my name is Scott, and I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hello, that's Scott. A, my name is Jeff. I'm also the, fully vaccinated. The the, the 
pickup line of the 21st century. <laughs> You're married, though. You're not gonna, I am. You're not going to worry am. about it. So, so I'm flying tomorrow. I'll be wearing my mask, and I don't like it either. Um, and to, and to, to be fair, I don't like it, but I, I do it. I don't complain. Yeah. I'm not one of these Laura Reinbold people. I don't do that. You know, I, I, I follow the rules, but I'd like the rules to change. Yeah, well, and, you know, eventually they will. I mean, my guess is, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be okay to go without a mask. I'm concerned about a lot of, you know, areas in the country that are not keeping up with their vaccine. And I'm concerned about the new Delta variant kind of. But I mean, if you're vaccinated. Messing, messing things up. I mean, they're, they're saying, I just listened to Meet the Press last night. It's like not, people are dying still of COVID. It's like 99, it's like some crazy number. 99% of them aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Okay. So if you're vaccinated, at some point, don't we just need to say, all right, you don't want to get vaccinated? Okay, that's your problem. I mean, you should do it. We're making it available. If you don't, like, why should I have to suffer because somebody else is refusing to get a vaccine? I mean, that's that's on them, right? Not on me or you. Well, apparently, um, you know, it takes a village. And we all get to play, even if somebody wants to pee in the pool. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's some, I'm, I'm okay to go along with it. But there's a point when, you know, we're at 68% or something and, some areas are much less, depending where you are, yeah, city or state. Uh, at some point, you just have to say, "Well, fuck it." Like that's on them. We can't, we can't just forever all do the mask theater. Welcome to the era of public policy. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, you, that, you that's say, where you are. Were you saying something in September? There might be a decision in September. September eleventh or thirteenth um, is when the mask mandate ends. Oh, the fed, this is a federal, this is yeah. an executive thing, isn't it? Yes, it was a DOT uh, directive. So I really hope to God they, because I, I I just had a friend, he flew abroad. They flew to um, uh, Lower 48, they went to Africa, a group of people. I mean, it's a long haul, 12 hours, mm. I mean, the whole time. Yeah. Even in the airport, they were in Europe, they had to stop, they couldn't take the mask, they couldn't leave the airport. They had to wear it the whole time, they were being, hey, don't take mask off, you know. I don't know if I could do that right now. The, the whole the whole hall is Europe back. Europe's kind of more opening up a little bit. It seems like right, well, a little bit, and then it kind of shuts back down. I mean, they're having some problems in Portugal. They were, you know, again restricting travel because mm -hmm. of increased outbreaks. They the, have this, not. They do not have the vaccine coverage that the U.S. does. I think it's important for a lot of Americans to realize some of these countries, even. Developed countries, you know, especially like underdeveloped countries. There's there's countries where there's like nobody has a vaccine. In Africa, it's two yeah, percent. It's like nobody. Two percent. And, and there's other countries. In even, Japan, even, it's like ten or twelve percent. Mm -hmm. We're we're for, so fortunate to be, and, and that's pissing me off. People I know that are like, I'm not getting it. Fuck it. And they aren't sick. They have no really reason not to get it. They just don't want to get it because some they're conspiracy or they just they, I don't know. They they have some weird reason. And it's like, you know, there's people in parts of the world who would kill to have that. They would. And and we're like, I was talking to my friend earlier today. We were talking about if, if World War II, like if we had a world war today, I could just see so many, I don't want to, it's, it's a weekend. I don't want to fight. I don't want to work. You know, like we've, we've just, the mentality of this country has changed so much. You know, World War II, everybody came together. Everybody did their part. They fought, they worked, they rationed. That was the, we got to beat them, right? And now, no, now people can't even find people to go to work. I don't think that's the same thing. 
they can't find people to come together behind a common cause like defeating the virus. That, that, and, and also I'm, I'm just saying there's all these people that are trying to find employees and people don't want to work for whatever reason. You no, know, I think that that, I, I, you know, I'm not buying that. Okay. My, my guy, who, who, the guys who do our property we're, we're yeah. on the board, they, they do a great job every, every, for years. Lately, the grass wasn't as, as it wasn't mowed. I said, what's going on, Anthony? He, he goes, look, I'll be honest. We just can't, we cannot find people. No, we I'm can't not. can't find people. I'm, I'm not saying that that's not a thing. Okay. I mean, I have friends of mine in hospitality. Uh, the hotel in Talkeetna, the hotel down in Seward, um, the huge, boat rides. Huge problem to find employees, they, right? They, they can't open. I mean, they're ready to open. They have people who want to rent rooms, but they can't open the full hotel because they don't have staff. So it is a thing. And, and I think it seems like, from what I've been hearing, wages are starting to go up because they ha- this is the the thing I was telling you before the podcast. Uh, Barbara Tuckman wrote about the historian wrote about this, and Bill Maher mentioned it last week. After the Black Plague in in Europe, when two thirds of the people got wiped out, mm-hmm. she called this the kind of the, the the day of modern man because that was the first time the peasants had bargaining power against the lords and against the landowners because there wasn't enough people to do the work. So all of a sudden, they had a bit of a bargaining power. And, and maybe we're not in that exact situation, but I think people are starting to realize, you know, if I'm going to go do a job and work, work hard, I want to get fucking paid well, fairly. I, I mean, want to get compensated I, fairly. I'm for that. Cause in Australia, I lived in Australia for a year, which is not some communist socialist Mecca at all. And wages there are high. I mean, if you're bartending or serving or whatever, I mean, they just, they pay a fair wage. You get paid well. Yeah. Even for, you know, lower skill jobs and yeah. it works here. You know, what's the minimum wage still $7 an hour, $8 an hour. Yeah, like, I mean, nobody can live on that. No, no. And the thing is, is there's somebody who's, you know, wanting to go to work. Maybe they can make, you know, 10, 12 bucks an hour. How much are they going to have to pay their babysitter? Mm-hmm. Or how much, they, who's going to take care of grandma? Well, I mean, the, there's, the, there's some other, some real, real issues with a long tail that we're going to be working through as a society for a while. Well, the biggest problem, and I've, I've said this for a long time, it's no secret, these big companies like McDonald's and Walmart, these big, huge companies, I mean, some some of the sometimes they're even instructing their employees how to apply for, for benefits, you know? Yeah. We are subsidizing we these sure companies we sure by are. them being able to pay low wages, and, and they're getting, the employees are getting subsidized from, from taxpayers because they don't make enough money to, to, to live. Correct. And that's bullshit. It is. I agree. We got to fix that. Yeah. Um, kind of got, got off the aviation topic, but <laughs> here, here we are. Last thing I wanted to ask you, um, it seems to me that, you know, Alaska Airlines is a, it's like Seattle based. So, I mean, I don't know a lot of the folks that work up here, are the executives, but it seems to me like lately they, they've in the last few months or maybe year, they, they've almost taken a more, how do I say this? California style or, their, their image, it, it seems like they, they're p- pivoting more towards other people and not Alaskans with some of their kind of, either, whether it's social media stuff or, you know, it just seems they've gone a little bit maybe woke, like a lot of these companies. You love that word. They, they, a lot of these, it's, you a, love it's, that it's word. a new thing, you know, get woke or go broke. I, it's like, what? Do you, do, what? You, do you see what I'm saying? Do you agree with that at I all? Or do like, you? Well, uh, I will tell you that I think that uh, Alaska is leaning in big time to California. Because they did buy an airline center that's, um, you know, headquartered in San Francisco, Virgin America. Right. That's been a couple of years now, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a good fit for them to buy that, but they bought it. 
And so they bought that and everything that Richard Branson built. Why, why don't you think it was a good fit? Um, because it's a different fleet, different philosophy, different root structure, different everything. And I think that they, that they bought it as a defensive move because if they didn't buy it, then JetBlue would have bought it because that would have been a perfect fit. And if JetBlue didn't buy it, then Delta would have bought it just because. Mm-hmm. Remember when JetBlue was doing a thing for a while up here? They were doing Dude, those, I so remember those that. Cheap, those were cheap, man. Oh, yeah. Anchorage, Long Beach. Anchorage, Seattle. Yeah. Why'd they stop doing that? Just the COVID or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they decided they would, they're leaning in more on their East Coast service. Because Alaska, when they were, JetBlue was up here, they were doing cheap. Fuck it. It was like 100 bucks, 80 bucks or whatever. Yes. What, it wasn't, is that Allegiant still doing their thing up here? No, they're not. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not flying them. No. <laughs> I am flying that. It wasn't like I mean, you 70 can't, bucks people, to like Seattle or to something. Bellingham. Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. <people>. $59. <laughs> because um, Allegiant drew a lot of their a lot of their travelers from across the border. Yeah, well, I don't fucking I don't, I, don't, I don't fucking trust fifty nine dollars to Bellingham. I'm sorry, I just don't trust that. It was a brand new plane. <laughs> it was Airbus three nineteen. Still, uh... you know, and and you're 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 going to pay more. It's five bucks to sit down, ten bucks to stand up. You know, and it's yeah, that's you're going like to pay that's more like for the, your um, bag. You get pay. You can't bring a backpack on. That's like an Australia without, the, without the, paying the Tiger Air. It's like this Australia budget airline and. Yeah, it's so cheap. But then nickel, everything's a nickel. Even like water, I think is. Like oh yeah, a couple bucks. yeah, five dollars. <laughs> they really get you. Oh yeah, and you're gonna pay, because and, and you know they figure it out, and so, they do the calculus on that. So so, so getting back, so so it seems like Alaska's taking this kind of broader social ju- justice thing, to, to, which is you know I'm not saying that's wrong, what? or it just seems like when, com- when companies do it, when com- when w- businesses get involved in this, in the social, the Twitterverse world. Um, there's a reason for that. I mean, they just, I mean, they probably think it's the right thing to do, or they think it's going to get, it's going to get people are going to, it's going to, um, get positive feedback from, from certain people or, or the Twitter verse. Maybe, maybe I'm just looking too much into it, but that's just kind of been my observation of late. And I, I wonder well, what you think about I that. I think what you're, you're getting at was, was, was there a pivot to California for Alaska? That yeah, was a simple yeah. part. The simple, the simple answer to that is Yes. You look at the routes, you look at the, at, you know, where they're deploying their, their planes and the increase in the business down there. They put a hub in San Diego. They got a hub in LA. They got a hub in San Francisco. That's three hubs in one state. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, that's big, but it hasn't really diminished. They still serve 19 destinations in Alaska. And there's only, there's only two of those well, three of those destinations, which are accessible by road. Right. Anchorage, Fairbanks, and Prudhoe Bay are the only ones accessible by road. So I don't think that there's been, um, you know, a di- they haven't diminished their service in Alaska. And they, and they kind of lean in quite a bit with the, uh, you know, with the uh, Club 49 business. Mm-hmm. They call that MVP light. Yeah. You know, you what? get two free bags and stuff like that. But they are kind of playing a bigger game to try and get down there in California and where the people are because people fill up the fill up the planes. Well, yeah, our population's so small. California's you know? got, you know, 50 million, 40 million people. Yeah, and they're ordering a bunch of 737-900 maxes, you know, or the 
you know. But but, but, but they also have a lot more competition. I mean, doesn't Cal- Delta and American and yeah. United and South South? I mean, they have a lot more yeah. huge competition down there. Yeah, they do. So so well, I mean, I don't I don't really I mean, I don't know how I don't know what's going through their mind about gee whiz should we do you know, Pride Fest, should we do BLM? Should we do this, that, and the other thing because people will think better of us? Uh-huh. Or I think that they're really, I think that they're, I think they're trying to do the right thing, you know? Yeah. And and there are competitive forces at work. There are still hidebound practices in business which are just, they they work against that, that effort to develop a you know a more fair or more compassionate business enterprise. Where 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 would you say Alaska ranks? I mean, it's not one of the. Is it a big one? I mean, is it like a Delta or an American? I mean, is it a? It's probably like a tier two as far as like the big air, like the as aviation goes, the biggest airlines in America. So you got American, United, Delta, and Southwest. I think um, Alaska is number five. As far mm-hmm. as revenue or. Passing. How big they are. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They're big. Um, and they've, you know, they've gotten bigger. I just saw last week on Jeopardy, the question was, uh, this airline was the first airline to, to sell tickets on, uh, based in Anchorage, it said, was the first airline to sell tickets online. Alaska Air. Yeah. I was on Jeopardy. I remember week. that. That's pretty wild. That it Alaska is. Airlines was the first. You'd think it would be somebody, I mean, American or TWA or, you know, at Northwest. At that time, though, we all had ticket. We all had computers. I was at the time I was working in a travel agency, so it wasn't like they weren't um, connected by computer or anything like that. Because uh-huh. we had computers in our travel agency office that were American Airlines computers and uh, Saber. Saber is that? That's a they still have that software, right? That's they yeah. still use it. And then there's another. There was another outfit called, um, owned by United, called Apollo. And, you know, then there was then there was another one, that Delta had one, and so they were, you know, they were producing these, um, software ecosystems, to you know market and manage ticket revenues way back when. It's um, it's a great airline. I love Alaska. Yeah, they do a good job. Well, Scott, great, great, uh, great podcast. Again, love having you on. Any any last minute deals? This uh, the Belize thing. When's that start? November eleventh. Now is that a deal? Why do I know that? Is, are you going? <laughs> no. Is that a deal yet. or is that kind of expensive? Or is it's that expensive. It's like seven hundred dollars. So round trip. Yeah. So it's not, it's not too bad. Okay. Well, then go. Maybe I'll go. Right, that's not, that's not too bad. It's a little bit more. Maybe you get an upgrade. So where where does it where do they fly from? L.A. Anchorage, or? Seattle, Belize, or Anchorage, L.A., Belize. Wow, and this is on Alaska. So so where where is their international destinations now? It's uh, Canada, uh, Mexico, Canada, Costa Rica, and Belize. Wow, we should remember we should. when they used to fly to Russia. That was a lot, that was before my time. That was the nineties, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't it have been? That was those French. I actually had a friend who had a it's a friendship flight, and it was in Russian too. Most most Druzhba, which is like bridge of friendship, and yeah, I actually would love to get that poster. It was uh, was do you ever fly that? I tried. I I I don't I don't have that much juice. You know, I didn't. No, I never flew. I never flew. I flew. Uh, I flew Aeroflot, and I, 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 and I flew uh, Yakutia. Yeah, I've flown Aeroflot before. 
That so was my first trip around the world. Why don't I have an idea? Let's just let's just let's just lock this in right now. How about me and you do the inaugural Belize flight? Spend a couple of days down there. Do a do a little take a dip. Maybe your pants can come down a little bit. Like oh yeah, maybe we can do a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now there were people who wanted me to go skinny dipping in the Arctic Ocean. You should have just done it. Yeah, but you know that's a, that's a you know. You just got to blur it out, you know. Just do a little. I mean, I can. I'm like a. I have so, friends that do so video stuff. So my wife can, told me to take that down. I, I tried fiddling with the black bar across my ass. You should have sent it to me, and I could have had yeah, my, 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 my video friends do it. Oh yeah, and she said, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I said, "Nothing." I think it you just and I, doesn't work. So the companion fairs. I have a companion fair that expires yeah, on September 30th, but you can right? you can use that till after September 30th. Yeah, right? I've got a companion fair. Let's just let's companion it down there. We can we can do a little video. Maybe Alaska will give us a deal. We'll reach out to him. Hey, give us a deal. We'll do a little promo for you guys. Put us up for a couple nights. What do you think? Are you interested? We'll talk. You're not saying no. You no. didn't say no. We'll All right. Talk. Well, we're going to look into that. Okay. Scott McMurray and Alaska Travelgram. They can find you on social media, the website. What's yeah. the website? AlaskaTravelgram.com. And they can sign up for the for the newsletter. Yeah, great great information. Free. Yeah. It's, it's I just the, sent one out today. It's, it's the deals that I always, like I said, I always don't believe you. I was like, no way. These are... This is real, and then I look, and it's always real. So it's good stuff. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty. You should travel, travel more. Yeah, no. It's By good. the way, do you have global entry? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Last thing I'll say is I got that six years ago. I actually had it. You have to go and get the interview, and, and they have to you know the customs, all this stuff, yeah. and then you get the pre-check and the global entry. But it expired a couple of years ago, and I forgot to renew it. So I went to, I went online to renew it, and if you have global entry. Or, or uh, pre-check, let me tell you, make sure to apply for the renewal before the fucker expires. Because what happened to me is I applied after it expired and you lose it until they renew it. And it took like seven months. Oh my and God. And you cannot get a hold of any. It was during the kind of shutdown yeah, thing. No, you, and can't, you, you couldn't call it. anybody. No, there was no, no way to. So they renewed it for five years. But I'm just shocked still. And I remember I took a picture three or four years ago at an at a airport with like, the line was like, as long as you could think, right? Imagine. And then the pre-check was like nobody. And I took a picture and I was like, man, surprising more people than a pre-check. This is amazing. And my buddy called me and he's like, take that fucking thing down right now. I don't want people knowing about this. Well, and see, this is the thing. This is the elite classist traveler, you know, but, but, but you know what? I mean, that's like, that's like giving me my upgrade. But I'm just shocked. More people haven't gotten it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not a big deal. You do an application, you, the, you do the it's fingerprints, right? You, you got to go to the, do an uh, interview with the customs yeah. people. Actually, it was really bizarre when I did my interview. This is like five or six years ago when I got it. Um, they had like asked me about some, I had traveled from Russia like eight, nine years ago. And I had, um, I had brought some meat back, somebody like a, some, some food that somebody asked me. To, and I, I totally like forgot about it. And I just like, it was just kind of my fault. And then this dog came over and was like going crazy in the bag. And I was, he's like, what, what's up? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, you can go. And he's like, oh, what's in there? And then he took it out and he's like, what is this? And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, you didn't declare it. And I go, honestly, like, I'm sorry. I totally forgot about it. Like it was not, you know, not intentional. And, and that was it. Right. And I just, they let me go. And then they was like, the guy, when I did the interview was like, I want to ask you about your agricultural violation in 2011. I was like, huh? I was like, this is like some big brother shit, man. They have files on us. Yeah. Like he like, I was like, oh, uh, I didn't even get a violation. They didn't even, they let me go. So my, I, uh, when I went down to get, um, this was before they had interview stations in Anchorage. So I had to make, I had to <clears throat> make an arrangement in Seattle 
Oh yeah, I was lucky. I, got, and, I went to the Anchorage and airport. And so and so, um, yeah, but they weren't they weren't accepting reservations for the interviews for like eight months. Yeah, I, my, mine was. And, I think it took like maybe a. And month. so I called him and he said, "Just show up." Like, okay, I'll do it. So I arranged. I was going to Iceland. I arranged to stop in Seattle for like four hours, so I could do that. Yeah, no, it's it's. So I went out through security, found the found the D, uh, Homeland Security office, and the people were in there. It's like you know, knock knock, I'm here. Oh, and we're closed. It was oh, Saturday. God. Oh God. So, on the way back, I was going through New York, and so I just stopped in in New York. When I landed at Kennedy, walked in there, fifteen minutes, done. Yeah, I mean, my, my, I remember mine was pretty quick. It was an interview. They asked me some questions. I felt like I was getting some kind of clearance, you know, and then they... they. But the, the other thing with the global entry, so you have the pre-check, which is fucking unbelievable. Yes. You know, but the global entry, I've used this several times. Yeah. It's, it's almost actually, it's so good, it's bad, because I used to like coming in and getting your thing welcome stamped and welcome, and you just yeah. go through this thing, and they just you just don't even talk to anybody. You no. just put the passport in. You they print off something, and then you give it to the. You walk I always out. have to bend down so they can take the picture because yeah, because you're so the tall. The camera hits me in the middle of the chest. Yeah, it's it's um you you and again very few people it seems like have it. So I remember I came back once. It was from it was last time from Russia a year and a half ago, and we flew into where did we fly into? Was it Seattle? I think it was Seattle, and uh, I get off, and it was a full plane. And like everyone is going through like almost 90, 95, 97% of people. And then a few of us had the global entry and it was like, just well, right, right through the, well, right to the front. It only works if you're a U.S. citizen too. <clears throat> yeah. But there was, I mean, there was a ton of, most, oh, yeah. it seemed like mostly Americans, but yeah, I mean, it, it was like nobody had it. A few people had it yeah. on this big plane. So I think people should get it. I mean, I remember I took that picture. My friend was so mad. He's like, I don't want people knowing about this. I said, I don't think my post right? is going to activate the world on Getting their global viral. entry yeah. or, or their uh, pre-check. Yeah. All right, Scott, we'll have a good trip. You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. If the folks listen to this, it's probably you're already going to be there. So yeah, uh, have, a, have a good trip. And uh, Thanks. make sure to follow Scott on Alaska Travelgram and get the uh, newsletter and follow it's him for good the, thing. the best deals out there Okay. when it comes to aviation. Thanks a lot, Scott. Rock on. We'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.